In today's episode, we're talking with Chris Wallace, the co-founder of Interview, and he really gets deep into looking at branding from the inside out or marketing from the inside out and getting buy-in and mind share from your salespeople and other employees and how they can really focus on your brand from the inside out. Also, he's a blogger and Harvard Business Review blogger and all kinds of fun. He's a marketing adjunct professor, just like I am. Anyway, he's got some great tips for you to take a hold of from the inside out. But first, before we get to the episode, I need to mention one of our sponsors this time around, and it is brought to you by Ibotta. It's an app. It's a cash back rewards app that I use to make real money every time I shop for groceries, online purchases, all kinds of fun things, gift cards, all that. And really all you got to do is just use my referral code and it's G-K-E-E-C-F-X. We'll put it in the, we'll put the link in the show notes, but again, it's Ibotta, the Ibotta app, and you can use the code that is in the show notes, but it really is pretty cool. I use it. Uh, I buy groceries and then I just snap a picture of my receipt, load it up, and then there's money in my account and I transfer it to my PayPal from my PayPal account. And there you have it. I get cash back on, on the things that I'm already purchasing anyway. So the Ibotta app is pretty cool. All right. Without further ado, let's get to the show. Welcome to Peppershock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now, here's your host, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the founder and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the MarketingExpedition.com community. And today we have Chris. He's the founder of co-founder and president of Interview, a marketing consulting firm that helps companies align their brand and product stories with the customer-facing teams. At Interview, Chris draws from his nearly 20 years of sales, marketing, and corporate leadership to help companies engage their frontline teams in new ways, producing improved customer experiences and better financial results. Welcome to the show, Chris. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Actually, I should say your full name is Christopher Wallace, but you like to go by Chris, right? <laughs> full name is Christopher Wallace. I share a name with many other famous people. I say other as if I'm famous, which I'm not, but um, <laughs> I, I do have a very common name, Christopher Wallace. So, very good. And you're coming, you're calling in from Philadelphia. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Now, have you lived there your whole life or is this a kind of a path in your journey? This, this is definitely um, a, a part of my journey. Um, I'm from upstate New York originally. Um, I grew up in, in uh, central New York in, in a city called Syracuse. And um, my, my winding road has, has taken me through Boston, Washington, D.C., and now the greater Philadelphia area. Ah, so mostly all on the East Coast. Have you ever, have you ever uh, traveled out to West Coast at all? I have. I've certainly traveled out there a number of times, but... but Never had occasion to settle there. So maybe someday. <laughs> nice. Well, let's get started and talk about your path on what got you to where you are in your career. It's let's maybe go on a journey with you and share a little bit about what you do and, and how you got there and, and what you do now. Sure. So um, in thinking about my career, um, you know, people say that uh, I, I, my career has been in sales. It, it's not really a career. It's more of a lifelong calling. Um, I think uh, since since the days of 
you know, uh, selling my shoveling services to neighbors to selling Little League raffle tickets with my big brother. Um, it's kind of been a, been a family family trade for, for a number of years since I was little. But, um, you know, really kind of how that connects, you know, the, the journey, the arc of my career and how I, you know, ended up doing what I'm doing in interview is, you know, having been in a number of, of sales and marketing roles over the years, um, you learn as a, as a frontline salesperson, as a, you know, as they say, someone who carries a bag, you learn kind of what the, the challenges and the struggles are of those folks. And, you know, as our, our, our road has taken us, you know, down a, a couple of different, different paths and turns, we, we landed in a spot where we, we started the interview a little bit over three years ago and, you know, really dedicated to making the life of that frontline person who we've been a number of times in our career even easier and put them in a position to serve their customers more successfully. And uh, when you do that, it's amazing the results you see uh, coming out of that. And so let's just go on a, on a journey with you. If, a, if somebody was to hire you to help them, uh, what would happen? What would you do? How would you help them? So um, an interesting question, because it usually takes a, a two minute discussion for somebody who says, oh, OK, I get it now. OK, so essentially what we do is the people who represent your brand and we talk about brand a lot. We're not branding experts. We're more of brand caretakers is really our brand activators, but we don't build brands. What we do is we help the brand people bring that vision to life, make sure that the story gets executed. The way that we do that is we fundamentally look at things a little bit differently than most organizations do. Most organizations, most companies, brands, they look at it as, okay, we have objectives that we need to hit as an organization. We're going to go tell our people what to do. And our fundamental belief is the average person doesn't like to be told what to do. So instead of telling them what to do, we're going to sell them on the ideas. We're going to treat them like they're an audience to be marketed to in a group that is that we need to get. When we say buy-in, people talk about buy-in, but they try to force buy-in. We just sort of cut out that whole force them to do it. And we just acknowledge that a truly adoption really is about buy-in. So let's sell it to them in a way that it gives them the option to say, yes, I truly believe in that. I buy into that. We talk about belief, confidence, and pride. We take the brand story, the brand message, the brand objectives, the brand vision. We sell it to the people who represent the brand so they have belief, confidence, and pride in it. Now, I can get further into the more about the how, but th th when you talk about the how, it really starts with that fundamental shift in mindset from just lock them in a room and tell them what to do or have them take a computer-based training to you know, our approach is we run internal marketing campaigns to get people to the point where they're excited about the work they're doing in the brand they represent. It sounds like we talk a lot about culture too, because culture and branding, right? Branding from the inside out. I, I, we do. You know, we talk about inside out a lot, you know, but, but it's funny. The word culture is tricky, right? The, the, the word culture is very tricky. I think it depends on what the initiative is, to be honest with you. We do a number of, of, you know, we always talk about sort of triggers, the, okay, when does it make sense to work with us? And we look at things like product launches and mergers and acquisitions where you're taking two brands and you're bringing them together. Um, we talk about things like customer experience initiatives. Some of those are, are really, you know, grounded in culture and some of them really are, okay, we've got this new thing. We got a new widget. We want to sell this new widget. Um, in so many cases, organizations, companies launch a new product or a new service and it just never gets the mind share. So when we do what we do, when we run one of our internal campaigns, it could be as simple as helping them gain mind share and gain attention for something that's you know important for the organization, all the way up to more cu customer experience, 
product-based initiatives where it really does everything touches culture there, right? It, sometimes product doesn't, but customer experience and that type of stuff, it really does um, have to connect to the culture in a really strong way. So what is maybe some advice that you've given your, your customers to kind of get them on the path of, you know, where you want them to, to have buy-in, like you said, and, and believe and have that mind share, as you mentioned. I've done a little bit of teaching on the side. I, I love to teach and I've, I've done some ad, you know, adjunct professor work and I, I teach the same way that I operate my business. Um, I ask, I don't tell. And when I think about what good marketing is, and, and when you think about marketing, if you really boiled marketing down to its, its you know, truest form, it's, it's mass behavior change. You're trying to drive behavior change on a mass scale with a lot of people. You're trying to change what they do. And when you look at the way organizations typically are trying to drive behavior inside their organizations, it's not in the same way they do it with their marketing. So the biggest piece of advice we have is, what is the root of any good marketing? Data and research and an understanding and listening to what your customers have to say. So our philosophy at interview is, listen to what your front lines have to say. These are the folks that are engaging with your customers every day. They hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. Tapping into what's in their head and understanding their attitudes and their perceptions of your brand and your value proposition is, is such a key element. So when you think about changing customer behavior, the first place most brands start is by understanding what the customer's perspective is. When we talk about changing the behavior of your frontline teams and getting them aligned to your brand, well, you got to find out what's in their head first. Right. And so that is definitely a good part of the whole journey and the whole experience that they go through from, from start to finish, right? And, and if they have buy-in, then they're more likely to I don't know, sell better or <laughs> get more people interested in buying whatever it is they have to offer. I like that a lot. That, and a mind share. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. We measure buy-in. Um, and it's one of those things where when we talk to organizations and we typically work with what I'm going to call, you know, a medium to large consumer driven business. Now they might be business to consumer or they might be business to business to consumer, but um, ultimately it's the consumer they're trying to reach with their products and services. And, you know, when we have conversations with them, we talk about the data and we talk about gathering that frontline feedback. We, we built a tool called the brand transfer study, and it's actually quite literally named. Um, we measure buy-in. We measure whether or not the essence of your brand, the story that you are, you are delivering, whether or not it is trickling down. And when we ask most organizations, when we say, how confident are you that your brand message is, is making its way to the frontline teams? It's still intact. You know, it's still in one piece. They laugh and they're like, there's no way. Like, we know it's not. And we ask them, well, how bad is it? How bad do you think it is? And like, well, we have no way of measuring that. Our brand transfer study was designed to measure exactly that. That's pretty amazing to be able to measure. And yeah, measure what you treasure, right? And, and dump what you don't. <laughs> exactly so, right. What are some tools or, or, you know, some resources that our audience could maybe tap into that, that you use that would be advantageous for somebody to kind of go down this path of, of you know, thinking about the buy-in or whatever it is that, that they can maybe use or glean from this? Um, so in terms of, it's, it's, it's hard to pinpoint, uh, you know, one specific thing. I'll, I'll start sort of on the academic side a little bit. Um, I will provide you, Ray, I'll provide you some links to some articles um, that I think are, are really, um, 
really valuable. A couple of them from HBR that have sort of been pieces that we've held on to over the years. It's, it's really pointing to the need. Um, one is by a, um, a gentleman named Tom Steenberg. He's at um, Darden at the University of Virginia. And he talks about um, the, the problem, the, the challenge that organizations have in selling new products. And he talks about this idea that when they int- every time a company introduces a new product, they are fundamentally further and further away from the core that they started their business on. So they're taking their, they're stretching their salespeople further and further outside of their comfort zone. And they wonder why the sales team struggles to adopt. And they employ all the same methodologies. It's incentives, it's training modules, all those types of things, but it's simply not working. So um, that's a great, the, the academic stuff is really about mindset. It is how can you get in the mindset of looking at your people, not as an audience to be told what to do, but an audience to be won over. And there's some really compelling uh, stuff out there. Beyond that, in terms of resources, um, everybody's got technology tools that, that work to varying degrees. Um, one of the things I would say is when you think about resources, be really honest with yourself about whether or not the tools that you have in place. Now, at this point, everybody's got some sort of digital, you know, content management system or stuff like that, that they're, they're providing their frontline teams, but really look at it and determine whether or not it's, it's, it's adding value and whether it's being used in the right way. Think about it in terms of, would you put this in front of a customer? Um, a friend of ours has a technology company and uses this, this phrase all the time. He says, is what you have a library or an art gallery? When he talks about content and getting content out to your frontline teams, is it a library or is it an, an art gallery? And if it's a library, think about a library. A library is where a place where you go to wander through and, and, and you know, try to discover something, but it's not as easy to find something there. But when you wanna have an experience you go to a curated art gallery. It's stuff that you like, but it's presented to you in a, a compelling and, and frankly, a moving and emotional way. That is the bar that organizations should set for themselves is to engage their people in a curated experience, not just a dump of information. Yes, I can definitely relate to that, to making sure that you have something that people want to go to it and look to and find information for sure case studies and just various different things that they can read to then understand what it is that they're trying to sell. So I can appreciate that. Not just the library. <laughs> yes. There's I love a difference it. between, there's a difference between informing people and convincing people. Okay. We talk about the difference between knowledge and belief all the time at interview. And that that's really the thing that makes us different from a training company or, you know, we, we say in, in, in 2020, especially, okay you need the people who engage your customers to believe in what you do and believe in the value that you offer. And if they just know what it is and they can regurgitate it or, or regurgitate part of it, which is usually the case, that's only going to take you so far. The customer customers now demand that they have evangelists on the front lines, that people truly eat, sleep and breathe the brand that they work for. And to get people to that level takes frankly, just a lot more effort and investment. Right. It also starts with the people that you hire and hiring the right people for that right mindset, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, okay. So I want to know a little bit more about you and I want to learn about what has inspired you or motivated you to do what you do. Um, I, I mean, honestly, this is easy. I know that that's typically one of the, the, the big questions, but 
Um, this is easy for me. You know, I remember when I first started doing this um, t- just about 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago, and I would go out to call centers or retail stores or um, at the time working for one large client. And I would go out and, and do the work that, you know, we were still doing today, only better, I think, but um, do the same type of work and connecting with people who are out there working with customers and serving customers every day to see the light bulbs go on and to see them go from this yesterday was something that my manager was forcing down my throat. And today it's something that I truly not understand from, from, from a, uh, uh, features and benefits perspective, but I'm truly convinced that no, this actually is a good thing, right? When that light bulb goes on and to to see people flip that switch, so to speak, um, it's really fun to see. And a lot of the industries that we work in, once they get it, that means that they're going to sell more of something and it means they're going to be more successful, right? In a lot of cases, these are hourly employees and they sell more of a certain line of business, they're going to make more money, they're going to have happier customers, their job satisfaction is going to go up, and their paycheck goes up. So in the industries that we work in, typically, um, those extra couple of dollars in the paycheck matter to these folks. So it's always been inspiring for us to see the connection with those frontline teams, with those, those customer-facing folks, and um, you know, really watching them excel and thrive. And so when you work with your customers, like, give me an example, kind of what happens? Do you, do you, do you workshop with them? Do you kind of go on a, on a regular basis or, you know, kind of tell me about the, the process that you go through to help them get there to where they have that aha moment. Yeah. So, so I mentioned a couple of times, we, we, um, we talk about internal marketing campaigns. So what an mar- internal marketing campaign looks like very specifically is we run a brand transfer study, which we consider to be internal market research. That comes back and we segment out the audience and we say, okay, your, um, your technicians that are out in vans going into people's homes every day, they have one point of view. And the customer service reps who sell and you know, schedule the appointments, they, um, they have a different perspective. We segment that audience out and we come back to the organization and we say, you need to run a campaign, but just like any marketing campaign, you don't deliver the same message to every person. Okay, because this person serves the customer differently than that person, and you need them to be in a slightly different mindset. Think of it this way. It's not that they're telling a different story or singing a different song. They're just singing their part of the song. They're telling, they're writing their chapter of the story, so to speak. And it all comes together in a harmonious view of the brand and a delivery on that promise of the brand. So we come back with the the brand transfer study data and we say, these are the messages you need to use to reach these different audience, these different segments within your, your employee or partner population. Then we build marketing campaign tactics, internal marketing campaign tactics. I'll give you an example. We um, work with a large manufacturing brand and they were rolling out a transformative new program to their sales team to take it out to their retail partners. They sell through independent retail. And we did a brand transfer study. We got feedback from them. And in that they said, please do not do any more webinars. We're so sick of being chained to our desk, doing these 90 minute, two hour long webinars about how great the product, how great the new product is. You got to come up with another way. So we built this new model for them, whereby they do um, these interactive, for lack of a phrase, they're like a choose your own adventure PDF. They're an interactive PDF where they can sort of navigate at their own pace. And we think about the different use cases. We think about the way they want to tunnel into the information and we create these interactive playbooks for them. Then we supplement that with 
a podcast series. So instead of having these webinar information dumps, we do more bite-sized digestible podcast episodes with the leadership team and we solicit feedback from the, the, the outside sales reps. And they say, I'd really like to hear more about this. We work that into the podcast, the podcast programming. And that way, when they're driving from appointment to appointment, they can be consuming information that is literally usable in the next appointment that they go into. So we, we listen to them. We heard them. They don't want to be chained to their desks in the, in the morning hours. They want to be out calling on, on customers and, and setting their appointments. So how do we meet them where they're at? Well, we treat them more like a consumer than we do an employee. Don't impose a strategy on them. Make them part of that process and deliver content and deliver compelling information to them and the ways they want to consume it. So that's what every one of our campaigns is. It's understand our audience, develop content and tools that are attention grabbing, useful, and to use the phrase from earlier, curated. So it's more like an art gallery than it is a library. I really like that. I like the having everyone have a part of the uh, part of the song to make a harmonious playbook. I think that's great. Um, okay, so what are some uh, what are some resources that you listen to? What are maybe some books that you like to read or podcasts that you like to listen to? Sure. So um, the um, I can tell you that you know you asked about inspiration earlier. I gave you kind of the the, the day to day inspiration, but. Um, we have a, a gentleman that has become a mentor to us, to us over the years. His name is Frank Cespedes, Dr. Frank Cespedes. He's a, a senior lecturer at Harvard Business School. And Frank wrote a book called Aligning Strategy and Sales. And the, the, thing, the thing with Frank is he's so pragmatic. The, the, the book is, um, it's not theory. It's not Harvard Business School theory. It is very much roll up your sleeves Make your company better uh, uh, playbook guide you know guide you know guidelines for for lack of a better phrase and it, it's so rooted in real world which is uh, one of the things we love about Frank because he's so practical but we actually reached out to Frank Cespedes when we we found out about the book this was a number of years ago about five years ago and uh, we sent him an email and said we'd love to talk to you and he has been a friend and an, and an informal advisor to our business ever since. So anything that Frank does, any articles he writes, any books that he writes, um, those are those are key areas of inspiration for us. Um, Podcast-wise, you know, I'm, I'm so heavily entrenched with, you know, what I read and consume for business all day long. Podcast-wise, I really try to stick to um, things that are going to kind of open up my mind a little bit and, and probably a little bit more culturally uh, driven than they are business driven. But um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on TED Talks. Um, I'm big on, so I'm, I'm big on Ted radio hour, um, is one example. I know that that's probably one of the more, you know, why, you know, widely known, uh, podcasts, but, um, I also love storytelling, um, like the moth. I love the moth podcast, just hearing individual stories. I feel like stepping out of business and into some of the personal realm, um, you know, opens up my mind from a business perspective. Right. And having the balance between all of the business and then also having some, entertainment in there is, is definitely a, a useful thing for you, I'm sure. Um, okay, so tell Absolutely. me a little bit about Into the Future. I mean, we've, we've gone through this pandemic, you know, we're still kind of on the, when we're recording this now, we're still going through it. What do you see within the next three, six, nine, 24 months? Oh, man, uh, I, I, ask my, I ask my stockbroker this all the time. Um, <laughs> Now, so um, I, this is what I would say. So I feel like the picture's coming a little bit, a little bit clearer into focus for us. So um, 
everybody can take this with a grain of salt. Okay, these are these, these are these are this is my perspective. The companies we talk to, um, companies we work with, I think are pretty good indicators. I think that businesses have decided that they are going to fight through this period, not cave into it. Early on, the first three or four months, we saw a lot of the turtle goes into its shell for protection and, and, and budgets got cut and things like that. And then we went into, okay, well, now it's September, so it's basically 2021 already. We're, we're letting our budgets reset. You know, we're, we're waiting to see what's going to happen, and then we're going to reset budgets in 2021. And we're definitely seeing people saying, we can't afford to wait anymore. We're not going to sit back. I think there's been enough positive indicators. I think you see things like uh, consumer spending coming back. You see things like, you know, obviously the, the stock market, you know, is driving confidence, especially with, you know, the, the upper end of the, the spending categories, um, including corporations, and, and, and that's, that's helping them. So I think you're seeing a confidence that we're not on the verge of collapse that is going to lead companies to really start to say, okay, we can't afford to wait. We're not going to sit around. Even if it gets rough for a month or six weeks or two months, we're going to, we're going to plow through it. So I think in the, in the short term, in the next three to six months, I think you're going to see companies say pandemic, you know, you know, pandemic be damned for lack of a better phrase, we're moving forward. We know our brand is moving forward beyond that in terms of trends. Um, the things that we're seeing are, um, you know, customer experience investments. That's a, you know, that's a party that we've, we've been involved with for a number of years, but we're seeing customer experience move from sort of an academic concept into really a day-to-day -day discipline for companies and really figuring out how to merge their digital, their, their physical, their human, all into one comprehensive strategy um, and starting to execute on that. So we think that's a trend that's going to continue. We think that's probably going to be the, the biggest trend for a lot of the companies we work with and industries we work with in the next three to five years. And having that experience be above and beyond what you're normally used to, right? I mean, we really do have to find ways to get business differently than we did before because of the pandemic and things will be forever changed on how people do business, right? It, it, it absolutely will. It, we're not going back. The, the, the pandemic has fundamentally changed business. I actually hosted a panel last night with the American Marketing Association and uh, the head of customer experience from TD Bank, which is a, a, a very highly regarded bank, um, you know, the, the feedback from her was, um, we, we got things accomplished in three months that would have taken us three years. So when you think about the necessity and the acceleration that the pandemic has caused from, from a, consumer, um, a consumer experience standpoint, consumer journey standpoint, um, the advancements have been you know, light years. So big brands like TD have set a high bar and people are going to have to, it, it's going to be adapt or die. So uh, the pandemic has caused shifts that there's just no way we're going back from. Yeah. And the silver lining is that, you know, now maybe people won't be commuting as much or they might not, you know, be doing things that they did before. So, yeah, I definitely can relate to that and see how the shift will be. And, you know, we say we're kind of tired of Zoom, but then on one hand, I think people in some cases really like it because then they don't have to drive anywhere and don't have to pay for parking, you know, get gas and all that kind of stuff. I've seen a lot of differences in that. Uh, and I originally thought that podcasts were going to go down because I always thought that mo most people listen to podcasts while they're commuting. But uh, case in point, podcasts are significantly, the, the growth has risen quite <laughs> uh, a lot during this pandemic. A lot more people are listening to it doing other things aside from just commuting. So 
I've definitely seen a shift in, in how those kind of things will play out as well. And of course, digital, everything online as much as possible. I mean, we're not going to be in person as much as before, I think. And so now doubling down on digital, right? I mean, I'm sure that's part of some of the strategies that you're putting in place. It absolutely is. I mean, we, we are recognizing that we don't want to be a technology company. We're never going to be, but we're happy to be an integrator. Organizations, I, I, I can say this very definitively, prior to COVID, um, when it came to digital, uh, organizations really looked at digital in, in a silo in terms of you know, what the digital could do, how it could perform, what the user experience is. But I think they're now realizing that digital is something that has to be considered in the context of not just the online journey, but the, the, the physical journey when somebody goes into a store, the human interactions that they have, whether they're through call centers or retail stores or, or chat even, or whatever that might be. Um, but really thinking about digital in the context of, of other touch points, I think is so critical. And that's a lot of the work that we're doing right now is figuring out how to help companies make sure that digital doesn't just happen in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And there's always new tools and new things to continue to looking at through all the trends that are out there. What are your tools that you like to use uh, in terms of working with your clients? Are you a Zoomer? Are you a go-to meeting? What do you use? So, so we are Zoom. Um, we are Zoom and Teams. We have uh, some of our clients are Teams. So we use both. We're on the Microsoft three, you know, 365 platform. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we use that. It's going to be a little bit of a shameless plug, but one of the things that we've done, so we, we believe that digital tools are absolutely necessary. We also think that there's the risk of, of, of digital fatigue, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and people getting overwhelmed with digital messaging. You know, they get, they're on Slack channels, they're on, they're on Teams channels, they're constantly on Zoom and other video calls. Um, we developed a, a, really a product during this period in, in conjunction with some of our clients um, called Dots and Dashes. And Dots and Dashes is, think of it as Stitch Fix or Birchbox or, you know, insert consumer subscription box here only for corporations. So to reach their employees, um, to reach their clients in new ways with all the digital, you know, the digital tsunami of messages that we're all getting hit with. um, This is a very analog approach to sort of curating um, a, a customized, you know, gifting experience, wrapping it around an important company message and getting it out to the people you want to stay connected with, whether that's your, your clients or your employees. So um, we've seen a, a tremendous reaction to that because frankly, digital is necessary, but man, people get sick of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We've done uh, something somewhat, I mean, kind of related, uh, maybe not so much, but when we have been on all these zoom calls and, you know, People are missing their networking or receptions and those types of things. So we uh, partnered with a local brewery and uh, had, you know, beverages delivered and like books from the speakers, from the events to, you know, all the, the trinkets and things that you normally would get when you go to an event, it's all been delivered. And then, you know, of course we get to enjoy the, the beverages after, after we're done on a long day of Zoom, right? For sure. <laughs> so Zoom happy we did, we did a, um, uh, early on and relatively early on in COVID, we hired a um, a band, a, a national band, a national record, like nice. well, pretty good and pre- pretty popular band. They were they were uh, on Jimmy Fallon five nights before they were on with, with our with our audience. And it was an intimate gathering. And it was the lead singer at, at, at his his fiance's mom's house. And he sat and he played acoustic, all his band's hits, all their radio songs. And he took dedica- he did dedications, he did requests, 
And the amount of money we, we invested in that um, compared to if we did a happy hour, we did a client appreciation event, dollar for dollar, it was so much more beneficial and it was intimate and people got to feel really connected to this celebrity that they otherwise wouldn't get connected to. But for what we spent, it was worth every penny and it gave people a chance to experience something different. So we're big fans of trying new stuff using digital. Yeah, absolutely. Always something to keep them engaged. Well, you mentioned teaching and I am doing the same. I have a, I'm teaching a marketing class here locally and just keeping my students engaged and keeping their cameras on, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I have to somewhat bribe them so that they don't turn their cameras off because otherwise I'm just speaking to a black screen with, you know, no, no faces. So same thing with employees and keeping them engaged and making sure that they're connecting with you because you know, nonverbal uh, communication is like 80% of the communication, right? So <laughs> thinking through like, oh, how do I keep them engaged? You know, podcasts, we don't necessarily see, but still there's just that ability to, to continue to listen and keep people going. And of course you can always rewind it too, but <laughs> so are you still teaching now? Are you um, an adjunct now? Or is this something you said in the past? So not currently, I was scheduled to be an adjunct uh, marketing and uh, do an adjunct marketing class um, this fall. But when they flipped to all uh, virtual for the the school, they ended up uh, they ended up having their their full time professors take those classes because it was going to be too much of a challenge for for new adjuncts to do it. So I've taught leadership at the at the MBA level, um, and this was going to be an MBA level marketing class. So I love to teach. I think it'll be a, a bigger part of my future going forward. But um, I love it. It's 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 a great outlet for me. Well, maybe one of these times I'll have to have you come be a guest speaker at, at mine just so that they can stay interested and have somebody else aside from me talking to them and asking them questions and keeping them <laughs> motivated to keep their cameras on for sure. <laughs> I, I had a very, I had a very proud moment um, earlier this year when a client of mine who is currently in, enrolled in an MBA program, she sent me her homework for the week and she sent me the homework and she said, recognize any of this? And she sent it over to me and the professor had selected an article that I wrote for Harvard Business Review to be part of the curriculum for the class. So I was blown away. I was so excited about that. And um, sure enough, that was that was part of what he taught. I reached out to the professor and I'm actually scheduling time with him to, to be a, a guest a guest speaker to his class. So um, I love doing stuff like that. So I'm happy, happy to jump in. All right. Well, we'll have to drop the link to the article. I know some, some articles you can get for free. Some of them you have to pay for. So we'll have to see what we can do to get the article for our listeners to, to read that article. It was through the blog. Yeah. It was through the blog. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that you can, I think that that's, that's accessible. It's not behind a, a paywall, I think. Fantastic. Well, we'll definitely put that in the show notes as well. <laughs> well, any uh, lasting uh, parting words, any uh, good advice? We're on this marketing journey together and, uh, you know, going on a marketing expedition with our listeners. Do you have any kind of people who are listening right now, just maybe some words of encouragement, some things that they can do just to help keep their, their business going during this time and keep their employees motivated, like you said, and have that mindset? Uh, any kind of last parting words for us? Wow. Um, I, it's funny. I just had a call with my team today trying to do exactly, exactly that. You know, somebody said to me one time, um, you know, the, the, the people who lead, you know, small businesses spend so much time trying to, to keep everybody else up. And it's rare that you have people to keep you up. Um, so I guess my, my words of encouragement would be um, find your things to keep your attitude strong, right? And for the people that are, you know, run, you know, running small businesses or, or running, you know, 
you know, marketing agencies or consultancies. Um, it's been a weird year. I mean, for some people, it's been a great year. For some people, it's been a catastrophic year. And then there's a bunch of us. We're probably somewhere in between. We've, we've had we've had an okay year. We've 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 kept going. But um, I, I would say for the leaders out there, um, when you tap into your energy source to to, to kind of deliver that to your team, um, find the thing that recharges your batteries because your team needs you to be you know needs you to be as strong and as as, as um, energetic as possible. So find the thing you can tap into to recharge. I like that a lot. All right, Chris, one more question for you. How can people get a hold of you or uh, find more information about uh, what it is that you're doing? Sure. So we mentioned at the top of the show that I do not have an uncommon name. So um, I am on LinkedIn, but there are a lot of Chris Wallace's on, on LinkedIn. So look for Chris Wallace in Philadelphia. Um, I'm in the, the Philadelphia area. And um, you'll see that you'll see the little logo for interview group and it's I N N E R V I E W. And the website is simply interviewgroup.com. So those are the best two places to, to find us. And uh, you know, one last quick plug, I'll provide this to you as well for the show notes, but um, our dots and dashes um, is a, just a really interesting concept that's taking off. Um, we're sort of treat, it's a separate brand. So it's, it's under the, uh, the interview umbrella, but it, we're really standing it up as its own separate brand. But uh, dots-kit.com um, is, is, is a good link to check out and see if this is uh, a tool that you can use to cut through the noise. We've seen great success with it early on. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for coming on the show and giving us some words of wisdom and how we can help get mind share. I really like that a lot. And uh, for those Absolutely. listening... Yeah, for those of you listening, um, be sure to subscribe and give us some reviews. All those, all those little things help all of us out to get our word out there. So until next time, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Find more online at peppershock.com. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.